You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast, your source for all kinds of inane, ridiculous conversation about the Cincinnati Reds, our team. Uh, Join us again this week is... Uh, our buddy, Bill Lack, one of my fellow editors at RedLegNation.com. You doing all right today, Bill? I'm doing great. Nobody does silly and inane better than we do. Oh, that's a fact, and I don't think that anyone's going to argue with that. Uh, feel free to write us an, an email or leave us a comment if you want to argue with that. We won't see any, we won't see any comments about that. No. Um, I don't think that's even up for debate. No, but that's what's fun about it, I guess. I, you know, I uh, hope we don't annoy too many people, I guess, is the goal of, of these podcasts. But we have a good time talking about the Reds, and I'm, I'm glad you're with us again today because it was one of your posts at RedLegNation.com that sort of spurred today's topic, and that's uh, 10 questions. MajorLeagueBaseball.com posted 10 questions for different teams that needed to be answered uh, as we start to go forward into the 2010 season. And um, Reds have a lot of questions, don't they? Yeah, I, yeah. I think we've got a lot more questions and answers, so that, you know, for the 2010 season. Yeah, maybe uh, as we go into 2011 and 12, things will start looking a little bit better. But uh, there's some things to be excited about, and and of course, we got lots of these 10 questions here, and and you and I, they may not be the right answers, but we've got answers, I guess, for all of them. So we'll dig right in. Question number one: Will the offense be better following lackluster production in 2009? How can it not? Um, Good. Barring major catastrophic injury, and you know you have to assume Jay Bruce is going to get better. I think Brandon Phillips is going to be what Brandon Phillips is going to be. I don't expect Joey Votto to hit as well as he did last year, uh, but I'm hoping that we have him for more games. So you're, you know his counting numbers should be higher. Um, I, I have a, you have a hard time believing you're not going to get more production out of center field. The same with third base. You know, even if Roland plays his normal 120 games, you'd hope that his offense will be good enough to, to carry the position through those 120 games. Uh, catchers still up in the air. Shortstop, I don't even want to think about. And third base, I mean, in, in, in left field, who the heck knows? Yeah, definitely. Who the heck knows? That's a big question we're going to talk about in just a moment. But I. I think, you know, my opinion on this question is I think the Reds' offense will be slightly better. I think you're right that Jay Bruce will be improved. Um, Joey Votto should at least uh, remain steady. But, you know, some of the gains maybe that we're hoping to make on offense um, may not be Votto actually improving his numbers, but just maybe staying in the the lineup a little more. Um, I think that uh, third base, you're right, Scott Rowland, whether you like the trade or not, Scott Rowland's still, uh, you know, a decent hitter and uh, should certainly a great fielder and, Production out of third base should be slightly better. You got those black holes in left field, in shortstop, and in uh, at catcher. And you know how much is the the fact that we don't have anybody that can hit those positions going to affect the bottom line? Last year the Reds scored 673 runs. You know, and that's just let's see, four years removed from scoring 820. You know, back in the uh, era of he who shall not be named, uh, Adam. Done. I guess I just named him, but I remember um, that guy. Do you remember him? He used to play for the Reds. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. You can't talk about him because people get really upset when you yeah, talk about Adam Dunn. Yes, they but, do. Uh, 
Yeah, but I, I still like the big guy, and I wish we had him in left field. Well, actually, I don't know because his defense keeps getting worse out in left field. So I don't know if we wish well, he had him out there. From what you're reading uh, now, it's be, and we're going to get off on a quick tangent here, but doesn't sound like he's going to be playing left field this year. Probably a good idea, um, defensive-wise, probably a good idea. He can still smash the ball, but uh, he struggles, I guess to put it kindly, he struggles in yes, the field. He does. So, yes, he does. But anyway. Well, um, yeah, that's that's enough Adam Dunn talk for today. As much as I'd love to spend the rest of the podcast talking about him, uh, I think you're right that the offense should be a little better. If, if guys can stay healthy, uh, they're gonna we're going to get some more production. Uh, I don't expect a whole lot, frankly, out of Drew Stubbs offensively in center field. I expect him to be better than what we had out there last year. So that's that's something. Um, I expect defensively he's going to be just people are people are going to go nuts at how good this guy is defensively. And, and you just you know if <clears throat> pardon me if the Reds lead him off, as long as he gets on base at a reasonable amount, and, and I, I think if he's in center field, you know the center fielder on Dusty's team has to lead off. So that's true. Um, you know, if if we can get him with a 350, 360 on base percentage, I don't care what his batting average is. With his defense and gets on base and the way he can run, we'll be in good shape. He will be an absolutely positive uh, influence on the team if he can do those two things because his defense is going to be, I really believe, as good as anyone around. You know, you watch this kid play, and you've been watching him since uh, he was in Dayton, uh, you know, and just the, I watched him, I saw him back then, but also not as much as you, obviously, but I just watched him last year in Cincinnati. This guy... Uh, he gets jumps on the ball better than uh, anybody I've seen in a long time and just makes it look easy in center field. So if he can put up, you're right, any kind of on-base percentage at all, uh, he's going to be a net positive. Yeah, his, as I, I've said this since I saw him in Dayton. He makes difficult plays look easy and easy plays look effortless. I mean, it, you know, he goes back on the ball very, very well. Um, I can't say he's got a great arm. Because I don't remember seeing his arm that often. Um, but he covers a lot of ground and he makes you know, balls that look like they're headed for the gaps, routine plays. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be fun to watch. I think a lot of people are going to like Drew Stubbs. So, yeah, the question is going to be whether or not he can get on base enough to be Dusty's center fielder because, like you said, he has to lead off at center fielder. Yeah. Um, so, well, the, overall, the, the, the cards are already printed, you know, so... <laughs> That's right. They already got the positions on there, right? You yeah, got to the write the positions name in. are on there. All they do is fill in the names. That's right. Um, but you know, we're losing Gomes, who Gomes wasn't a world beater, but he was something. He was a you know he helped the offense last year. Losing him out of left field with nobody to replace him, he can can the fact that we have Votto for a full year and Bruce improving and uh, you know is and Stubbs instead of Tavares in center field is that enough to really? improve the offense that much i don't think so i think it should be a little better just if people can stay healthy but i don't know that it i don't see any way that it could be a lot better i don't think see any way it's going to be a lot better either i mean even even if and we're going to talk about them later even if one of the kids ends up playing left field or even part-time in left field with chris dickerson or whatever they end up doing even if they hit their ceiling it's just not going to be enough to make a difference you know unless jay bruce completely absolutely explodes you know, it starts and hits like he did when he first came up, or the way he did in the minor leagues. Right. You know, and and, yeah. and, and if Scott Rowland, you know, goes to the fountain of youth and becomes the player he was when he was 30, 31 years old, you know, I, I just don't see where the offense is going to come from. Yeah, I don't either. Scott Rowland has been in a, somewhat of a decline the last few years offensively. Still, again, a positive over what this team's had, but. Um, 
you know, of course, as I think about it, just to be fair, you know, left field, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, Johnny Gomes was pretty good last year in left field. But if you recall, he didn't even play half the year. You know, they brought Darnell McDonald to the, onto the roster for opening day uh, instead of uh, Johnny Gomes. So the left field as a whole was a bunch of guys named uh, Lance Nix and Chris Dickerson and uh, Jerry Hairston. And, uh, you know, really the production wasn't great at left field anyway. So it, who knows? Maybe uh, we get a Chris Heisey uh, playing left field or somebody. And even if he doesn't perform extremely well, could still possibly uh, do at least do what we got out of left field last year. So yeah, maybe, uh, and the we'll other, serve. and the flip side of the coin is you know getting away from the offense for just a second. If you put Heisey in left field, you got an outfield that, that's you're going to have a tough time getting ball in the gap between Jay and and Drew Stubbs and Chris Heisey. Those are three guys that play the outfield pretty darn well. Yeah, as good as good a defensive outfield as you're likely to see anywhere. Yeah, you've been saying for for years, I guess. Uh, I know certainly we talked about it several times last year. Heisey, as a center fielder, his his defense was extremely uh, well regarded. Uh, you know, the only question was, hey, he had Drew Stubbs, uh, uh, you know, ahead of him in the depth chart uh, in the Cincinnati Reds organization, who was just an exceptional fielder. Nope, nobody may be as good as Drew Stubbs, but uh, so Heisey, you know, if he can, if that translates to left field, even if he can't, uh, you know, really tear the cover off the ball like he has in the minors, and I wouldn't expect him to be able to do that in Cincinnati, but he can maybe earn his keep, uh, preventing some runs out in left field. So that's a very good point. Um, the 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 defense could be much better than it was with the guys like Johnny Gomes. So, uh, question number two. Let's go ahead and move on. If uh, after since we really didn't answer that one at all, actually, um, was pitcher Homer Bailey's late season success for real, and will it extend into 2010? My answer is yes, but what's your answer? The same thing, and, and I'll fill in the rest of the gap. But he's still going to struggle at times. Right. Uh, you know, he's still, you know, he's still, as we talked on the last uh, podcast, when we talked about Chapman, you know, he's a baby and babies struggle. Uh, you know, young pitchers, young players struggle. And the fans have to have patience that he's going to have a bad outing or he's going to have a bad inning where he can't find a plate. Um, I, I'm hoping that the maturity that we saw out of Homer last year is, is, is for real. And, but, you don't pitch as well as he did for an extended period of time late in the season without it being a true showing of your talent. Yeah, it was an extended uh, period of success last year that uh, you know can't be, I wouldn't think, attributed to just uh, luck or, uh, you know, I don't know. The league had seen him a few times. It wasn't like he was uh, he should be fooling anybody anymore, you know. I don't think he's going to have an ERA of one point whatever it was there for over his last several starts. He's not going to be Bob Gibson, as you've said. Um but I don't see any reason why he can't put up an ERA of four or slightly below four. And, and listen, I'll be happy with that. As a matter of fact, I'll be thrilled with that. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm right with you. Yeah. And, again, we've cautioned people to be patient with Homer Bailey uh, in the past. Um, now, now's the time that Homer's going to have to step up and uh, grab the brass ring a little bit. But, and, but um, don't be disappointed if he doesn't put up an ERA of 2.85 or something uh, this year. Uh, if we get an ERA in the mid to high threes, boy, I'll be uh, I'll be thrilled, and uh, and I think we could get that out of Homer Bailey, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, I tend that. to believe he'll probably be a little over four, but I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think he could be right around four. Um, yeah, I, I just wonder, you know, those the, the folks that wanted to send him to to the White Sox last year for Jermaine Die, you know, are they wonder are they glad now that they didn't, or do they going well, you know, we still would have been a good trade, yeah, you know. People that were ready to give up on Homer Bailey last year, 
you just you can't do that with your number one draft pick. You just can't. Especially a, a pitcher with the talent that he had. Uh, we talked about this again, uh, someone when we were talking about our oldest uh, Chapman, uh, the young guy the Reds just signed. Young pitchers, it's the fact with young players, period, but particularly with young pitchers, they're going to struggle. Greg Maddox struggled. You know, Tom Glavin struggled. Every young pitcher struggles. If you don't, then uh, you know, you're inner circle Hall of Famer uh, talent. Um, but Bailey has shown, he, he'd shown flashes before. Last year, he finally put it together. Everyone talked about his maturity going into the season. You saw that to really come to pass uh, towards the end of the season. I'm excited about what kind of a year he should, could have this year. I mean, uh, it's not uh, inconceivable. He takes a huge leap and becomes, if not the ace of the staff, uh, you know, a number two starter. Uh, I don't expect that this year, but it's not inconceivable. Well, and the, and the thing is, with the, with the kind of stuff that Homer has and the kind of games that he could pitch, if he gets on a roll, he'll be one of those people that get people to come down there to watch him pitch. He'll put butts in the seats if he gets on a roll. Absolutely, uh, and you can't underestimate that when you look at the attendance last year. Uh, guys like him and if Jay Bruce uh, starts swinging the bat well, and some of these young talent maybe fill those seats a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch Homer this year. We need to go back and uh, pull up some of those old threads from last year where some of these people find out who the people were that said they should, should trade Bailey for Jermaine Dye or for whoever. Uh, no, actually, I don't, I don't want to do that because I don't want them going and looking at some of my old posts where I said dumb things. But, um, but I know you and I have been except, except very Chad, consistent. You're never wrong, you know. So they they can pull up your past posts, and you know they're all 100 percent correct. All right, moving on. Question number three: <laughs> Will Jay Bruce be better than last season? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that the kid. You know, Jay's got a lot of talent. I think he's a hard. You know, he's a kid that wants to get better. He looked much better. You know, he, he seemed to have somehow got his legs back under him when he came back from the the broken wrist. Um, and I expect him to be better defensively. Um, I think he'll he, he's going to learn more about how to play right field to go with that big cannon arm of his. And uh, I think Jay, I, I I think Jay's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, is he mature? Is he's going to start laying off that breaking ball on the outside part of the plate? And you know, and I hope more guys try to sneak that fastball on the inside part by him more often. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with Bruce, I think you're right. I think that it's a foregone conclusion that, barring injury, he's gonna he's gonna take a step forward this year. But you know, people sort of uh, overestimate uh, how poor his season was, and I use that word not correctly. And I'll explain why in just one moment because he didn't have a poor season last year. Uh, people really don't uh, give credit to the season he had last year. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the all all-world player that we saw the first two, three weeks or whatever that he came to Cincinnati the year before. But last year, as a 22-year-old, that's what people need to remember, a 22-year-old, most 22-year-olds are not in the major leagues. They're in single A or maybe double A. As a 22-year-old, he was not only a an elite defensive right fielder, he had an OPS plus of 100, which is right at league average. OPS was just a shade under 800. Um, his on-base percentage, certainly. I was very disappointed in that. Um, but... For a 22-year-old outfielder, I'll take his season last year, 22 homers. I'll take it every day. Um, and uh, I think that uh, he doesn't, didn't give me any reason not to be excited about uh, the chance that he can really have a good year this, uh, in 2010. Yeah, I, 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 if you're not excited about Jay Bruce's future with this team, go root for somebody else. Yeah, if you can't be excited about a, a guys like Jay Bruce, um, you, you can't be a Reds fan because uh, at this point – Maybe it's going to change uh, 
fairly soon and, and that we'll have a contender to cheer for. But at this point, guys like Jay Bruce are the reason to watch this team. And, um, but even if, he, even if the Reds were a World Series contender, the development of Jay Bruce, goodness gracious, that's uh, you talk about fun to watch if you like baseball. Uh, this is a kid that's got all the talent in the world. So to see if he's able to harness that, something to look forward to. Yeah, and, and from all indications, from people that know him and, and, and things you read and, and the interviews you see, he's just a quality kid, too. He's got his head on straight. He wants to get better. He's a, he's a good guy for you know kids to emulate, whether you believe the kids ought to be emulating baseball players or not. But he's a, if it's going to happen, he's the kind of person you want kids to be looking up to. And, and, and you, just, you wish him success because he seems to be just a quality guy. And one thing I've noticed about him, you know, uh, from, from his interviews and from uh, different features about him and from just observing him at Reds Fest a few weeks ago is uh, he, number one, he gets it. He understands that people are looking to him and that he's sort of uh, the face of the franchise in a lot of ways. He gets that and, and he's embraced it. Uh, he was as friendly to people at uh, Reds Fest and as talkative and just really trying to, to be that face of the franchise as anybody uh, that you could even imagine. But the other thing that goes along with that is he doesn't appear to be too impressed with himself. He doesn't take himself too seriously, you know. Um, and, and a lot of guys, he's been a stud for his whole life, you know. He's been a number one draft pick, you know, and uh, number one uh, ranked uh, prospect in the minors. And, you know, it's a guy like that you could see uh, being impressed with himself a little bit, uh, get the big head, as they say. Uh, he doesn't have that. I, he's just a, he's a guy that you're proud to have, uh, have on the Reds. Um, and so I, I look forward to cheering for the guy. Um, another guy on that note, just briefly, that impressed the heck out of me and everybody else that had, has had any kind of uh, contact with him has been, and a guy that I haven't really been a huge fan of on the field is uh, Chris Dickerson. That guy, uh, the friendliest, uh, just really loves being a major league baseball player, I think, but just is uh, the, seems to be the nicest guy in the world. So I'm, I'll, I'll be cheering for him as well just because of that. Yep. And uh, I think, uh, didn't Matt Klinker say something to you about uh, – yeah, Matt. Matt had, when Matt and I have talked in the past, and he he has specifically mentioned how nice and friendly and, and what a great guy Chris Dickerson is. Yeah, so you may get an extra chance or two at this organization just because of that, and I'm all right with that. Yep. Uh, number four, will Edinson Volquez contribute in 2010? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it sounds strange to say it that way, but I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree. You know, I don't want him to push him. You know, I. I you know, they're, they're saying, you know, the, I read something not long ago that they said he's going to start throwing this month. Boy, that seems awful fast to me. And and this kid is, you know, another one. He's a baby. You know, he's got his whole future in front of him, and I, and I don't want to be pushing him to get him back in July, you know, when, it, where we might lose him for 2011. Yeah, sort of the worst-case scenario, and again, this is sort of strange to say, is that the Reds are competing in, uh, you know, June, July, August, you know, hanging around 500 and competing in a less than stellar um, central division of the National League. So technically competing, but not really a solid uh, World Series contender. And then they try to rush him back with it because they think he might put him over the top. Um, if he's back and healthy and ready to go, bring him on. I want him to be available if, if and when the Reds are competing. But goodness, don't push him a day quicker than, uh, than necessary because this guy is a guy that is going to be one of the keys to the Reds being a competitive organization for the next three, four, five years. Protect him. Yeah, he can be as good, he can be as, good as, as anybody this team's had on the pitching staff. And, 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 you know, if he does pitch this year, if the Reds do make the decision for him to pitch this year, I hope it's not out of the rotation. 
Yeah, bring him back slowly. Put him in the bullpen. Let him get his feet wet again a little bit, and then be ready for 2011. Picture this. Just envision it for one moment. You you have we're opening day, getting close to opening day, 2011, and you've got to pick a staff a starting rotation. Do you think that uh, we can find five guys that'll be uh, ready to pitch out of this group here? Volquez, Cueto, Bailey, um, Chapman, Leak, um, Matt Clinker, Travis Wood, Matt Maloney. I mean, if they can't find five really good starters out of that group, then something's gone seriously wrong. So, uh, but Volquez is part of the key to that. So, yeah, uh, let's make sure he's healthy because 2011's rotation could be. Unbelievable, and and I think that's also the year, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes. Where we expect the hitters to be ready too, right? Exactly. Some of the younger guys that are just now maybe starting to emerge onto the level. You're right. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, question number five: uh, Will the Reds open the season with Paul Yonish as the shortstop, and can he improve offensively? Well, this is kind of like question one. You know, how can he not? Um, I think yes, he'll improve offensively. And, yes, I do think he'll be the starting shortstop. I think the Reds have basically done whatever they're going to do in the offseason. Of course, I did. I thought that before they signed Chapman. <laughs> right, me but, too. But, you know, I think at the major league level, we've seen what we're going to get. You know, what you see is what you get. Um, and, the, and it's a concern to me because as good as Giannis is defensively, and he's very good, I mean, I don't think he's the second coming of Ozzy Smith or anything, and that's the way a lot of people talk. Uh, I think he's a very good defensive shortstop, but with a team that's got so many offensive holes in it, you're not going to be able to hide him. So I, I don't know what ends up happening. You know, I, I he hits in the eight hole, and and you know you hope he draws some walks and whatever. But I, I you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to be a he, – he is a very good defensive player. And some of that's because we had to watch uh, Alex Gonzalez last year, you know, play like he didn't care that he was out there uh, at shortstop. So he was good in comparison. But, not, you know, Yanish is uh, – he's uh, one of the best – one of the better – we'll say, put it that way – one of the better defensive shortstops I think he will be in the in the National League. I agree. He's not necessarily elite, but he's he's pretty good. He can, he can pick it, as Marty would say. Um but if he can't put up any more than that uh, on-base percentage he put up last year, 296, uh, you know, I don't think there's any defense that can cover that, frankly. Um, and he's never going to hit with a whole lot of power. Uh, but if he could bring up uh, his on-base percentage some, you know, in, in the minors he had, you know, over, uh, you know, a, uh, a in double-A ball, you know, one year, he put up a combined on-base percentage of 371, you know, and he's had on-base percentages up – 360 around that area. Some in the minor league, he's shown some ability to get on base. His career on base percentage in the minor leagues was 351. If he can start inching up in that area, you can handle his defense. I, I don't think it's going to happen this year, um, and I'd be surprised if it happened at all. It's a little bit different hitting in uh, Cincinnati than it is. And, um, and I really think this year is the only opportunity he's going to have. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're you know he as a stopgap. You know he can he can fill that role and he's not going to kill you certainly defensively offensively you try to hide him it'd be easier to hide him if we had some guys in left field and, and catcher that could help hide him but I, I agree I think he's going to be the starting shortstop certainly at least at the beginning of the year and uh, whether he grabs the reins or not uh, it'll remain to be seen but I I don't think he'll hit enough to uh, keep that from being called a black hole once the uh, 2010 ends. Yeah, I think you know space is going to get sucked towards shortstop. It's going to be such a black hole. 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, that could be ugly. Um, well, speaking of uh, speaking black, of black, ho- black, black holes, holes. Let's, go, let's go to the next question. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and preempt you making fun of me on this one. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just make my statement about it. The question is, what will the Reds do with center fielder Willie Tavares? And, uh, you know, I, I said last year was very, uh, you know, well, I was uh, I was wrong. I said that uh, I thought Willie Tavares would be the opening day center fielder in Cincinnati and uh, and leading off. I just thought Dusty would stick with him. I'm I'm changing my tune, and I admit it. Go ahead, you can uh, you can say I told you so, but uh, I don't think that anymore. What, what do you think the Resurrection is going to do with Tavares? If I had to make you know if I if I make a, a blind guess based on you know what I know at this moment, I think they'll release him at the end of spring training. Or, you know, player to be named later and pick up part of his salary or something like that. I do not think he will be on the 25-man roster on opening day. Now, how they'll get rid of him, I don't have any idea, but I don't believe he'll be on the 25-man roster. Wow. Uh, I hope you're right. I don't believe that's going to be the case, although it was obvious at the end of the year last year that Dusty Baker had just about had it with Tavares. Not because he was so crappy on the field, not because he didn't hustle in center field or because he you know, couldn't get on base to save his life. None of that bothered Baker because he kept running him out there in center field and leading him off every night. But when Tavares got hurt there at the end of the year and evidently he didn't work as hard as Baker thought he should to return from that injury, Baker sort of got a little frustrated to the point where Baker said at Reds Fest uh, that Drew Stubbs was number one on the, on the depth chart right now. A lot can change between now and opening day, but uh, uh, the fact that he's Dusty Baker was his... Um, you know his big defender, and the fact that Dusty may be off the Tavares bandwagon—big news. Jockety still signed him to a multi-million-dollar contract uh, through the end of this coming year. Um, I don't agree that he'll be released. I think that he will be on the roster. I don't think he'll be the starting center fielder, but I think he'll be the 25th guy on the roster uh, come opening day. And how long he lasts in that role, I don't know. I—I uh, I would say that there's a good chance he won't be on the roster at the end of the year. For whatever reason and however it happens, but I, I think that I think he'll be there. I think they'll give him a chance to. Uh, I wouldn't to pro- be surprised if he suffered a paper cut in spring training to put him on the DL for the beginning of the season. Well, maybe, um, but you got to remember that Jockety signed the guy. He's sort of Jockety's guy too, and uh, I think they will give him one more chance to show that uh, the last two years uh, are a, a fluke. Um, I don't know why anybody would believe that's the case, but uh, but I hope you're right. About that, I don't, I don't want to see. I don't want to see any more Willie Tavares in Cincinnati. Uh, question number seven. Back to a sort of what we started to touch on a moment ago. What will become of the Reds' top prospects, such as Todd Frazier, Chris Heisey, Yonder Alonso, Juan Francisco, and Mike Leake? Um, you want to take those one by one, or uh, talk about them individually? Sure, let's do one at a time. Todd Frazier. I predict that Todd Frazier gets some time at second base with the Cincinnati Reds this season. Because After, I'm assuming they're going to be out of the race and they will trade Brandon Phillips. Yeah, I, th- I think Phillips will be traded this year. A lot of people are anti that. Um, I I don't mind Phillips being traded. I don't mind him not being traded. I don't mind Brandon Phillips that much. Uh, he doesn't he didn't help the team as much as uh, people think he does, but he doesn't hurt the team as much as sometimes we like to claim uh, either. You know, he's okay. The big thing uh, to me is the big salary jump he's taking at the end of the year, and, and if they're going to get rid of him, now's the time to do it. Exactly, exactly. And and, uh, and also, he's a guy that ought to have some value on the on the market out there. They might be able to get something in return for him. So I, I agree. I really think that uh, if I had to put money on who the uh, the big trade is going to be, the first big trade of the, the year, I wouldn't be surprised for it to be Brandon Phillips. But um, 
they may wait until a little bit later in the summer to do that. But Frazier, you know, I've, I've gone on record as saying Frazier is going to be a good professional player. Uh, as a second baseman, he will absolutely hit well enough to be uh, one of the better hitting second basemen. Second baseman eventually. Um, I think you're right. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll get some time in the, in the minors, and he'll be up playing second base in Cincinnati. But then again, is he going to? How much second base is he going to get to play in Triple A? You've got Chris Valleca at second base down there. Louisville is going to be an interesting team to watch. I, I you know, I don't know how they're going to find enough playing time for all the talent they're going to have in Louisville. Yeah, they're stacked, but they've yeah they don't have enough positions on the field. They need to play about thirteen guys. Yeah, uh, they need a short you, center fielder. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, <laughs> put Frazier there or Valleca, but you know you got uh, Frazier. Well, you say okay, he can't play second base because Valleca is going to be there because um, that's assuming that Cozart's going to be at shortstop. Well, um, put him in left field. Oh well, where's Juan Francisco going to be? I think everybody agrees that Juan Francisco can't play third base. Um, so. You know, where are you going to put Juan Francisco? Well, you'd say Todd Frazier, put him at third base. Well, okay, but you know, you just signed Scott Rowland to a two-year extension on his contract to be our veteran leader. Um, there's no spot for Todd Frazier in the majors at third base right now, and, and I think he's a guy. He was the minor league player of the year for the Reds last year. He's a guy they expect to be a part of the a, a part of the next winning team in Cincinnati. So I don't know how they're going to meet out all the playing time in AAA. Uh, if you know how, yeah, let me know because I can't figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Louisville shakes out. Definitely. Uh, and I think a guy like Juan Francisco could be traded pretty early, actually, as well. Um, you know, And then, again, that comes in. We're going to skip up past Todd Frazier real quick. But do you agree with me that Frazier's going to be a pretty good uh, – should be a pretty good uh, hitter, should, should be a pretty good pro player? Every sign points to yes. I mean, he's hit at every level. Um I know when we when he was playing in Dayton, uh, they just thought the world of of not only his talent on the field, but his leadership talent his abilities in the clubhouse. And I downplay that all the time. But they went into a big tailspin in Dayton when he got promoted, and a lot of people believe that a lot of people that I talked to in Dayton thought that part of that was the the vacuum that was created when he got promoted in the clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, uh, everything you read about the kid is just he's a professional. He uh, approaches the job the right way, and uh, and you're right, uh, a leader in the clubhouse. So listen, you're the leader in the Red Leg Nation clubhouse, so don't don't uh, you know don't poo poo the idea of uh, leadership too much because uh, we look to you uh, when we're in the clubhouse playing uh, playing cards and pulling our guns on each other. No, wait a minute, that's that's the that's the NBA. That's the, we don't do uh, that. That's always the NBA. Yeah, that's right. Um, Next, Chris Heisey talking about what they're going to do in Louisville. Uh, you know, he played left field for Louisville last year. Uh, he's played center fielder in the past. Uh, you know, where's Chris Heisey? What's going to What's going to happen with him this year? It's going to be an interesting year to see with uh, with Heisey to see where he ends up. I think the Reds are going to give him a chance to win the left field job. I think I think it's they just, want him to win. It's, I, it's I just think a not, feeling in my in my gut. Um, I mean, they, they brought Francisco up at the end of last year, and, and you have to believe they're going to look at Francisco in, in, in left field in spring training also. But I, as I've said all, many times in, on the posts and in, on the blogs, I am not a huge Juan Francisco fan. Uh, I just don't think defensively they're gonna, you're going to be able to find a place for him to play. Uh, I, I may be wrong, you know, and, and his his – no, offensively, I think he's not going to be the player that people think he's going to be. Willie Moe Francisco. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, Heisey, I agree. I think that the this is just sort of my speculation. There's no, this has no basis in anything other than just my mind working overtime. But 
uh, not re-signing Gomes for left field, in my mind, that was uh, more of a signal. Um, and we've seen other signals, but just that the Reds want Chris Heisey to win that job. Uh, he went out to the winter, uh, to the fall league and was really, really good out there. Struggled towards the end of the season, but he was an all-star. Hit a home run in that all-star game. And just um, this guy just hits everywhere he goes. Um, I don't know that his uh, ceiling is as high as some people think it's going to be, but I think he could be a pretty good uh, major league player, certainly a league average hitter at worst. Uh, well, maybe at best. I don't know, but I think he could handle the job. And defensively, we've already said he could handle the job. So, you know, if he has a good spring, you're right. He could be the starting left fielder on opening day. Well, the other thing that, that we haven't talked about, too, is is with all this talent that we've got at the top of the organization, we have we have holes to fill at the major league level. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them trade a couple of these young guys to, to, to fill a hole at, you know, catcher or shortstop or – or a le- you know if they think they can get a better deal on a left fielder, I, you know I don't know. Sure, yeah, absolutely, and um, that's absolutely something that we, a lot of people don't want to think about moving some of these guys because you like looking at uh, projecting them into the Reds lineup. But they do have holes, and they've got some pieces they could move uh, for those holes. Uh, you know, maybe Heisey's one of those. I particularly think Francisco will be dealt eventually. Um, I'm surprised he's still here. To be honest, yeah, I, I thought I, they might unload him to the American League this year. Yeah, I am too. Um, well, maybe the Red Sox will take him for Bronson Arroyo. Uh, that, they could give us a Bronson Arroyo type uh, in return, like uh, they traded Willie Moe. But, uh, I don't think we need another pitcher, though. No, not at this point, I guess not. <laughs> but uh, maybe a shortstop or a, or a left fielder. Um, the next guy on the list here of the prospects we're going to talk about is a guy that uh, you know I've sort of stepped out on limb. I don't know that it, anybody believes it's going to happen this quickly, but I think Yonder Alonso is going to be traded before this season's halfway over. Uh, Red's first-round pick from uh, – from not this past year, but the year before. Uh, what do you see out of Yonder Alonso this year? I don't. I, I don't know. Um, I think if they were, I mean, if they believed he was going to be a factor soon, then they'd have to be making some decision about what who's going to play first base. And if they were think, seriously thinking about moving Joey Votto to left field, I don't know what they'd be waiting on. Yeah, if we see uh, Votto playing left field in the spring, we'll we'll have an idea of what they plan to do to to you know sort of remedy the left field problem, and then you'll, it's going to be clear they're expecting Alonzo to be ready soon at first base. I think more likely they're going to hesitate to move Votto. I, I'd be really surprised to see him move Votto to another position. At this point, he's sort of the stud on the team, and um, I just I don't think they'll do that. They've got a good thing at uh, first base. They're going to. Why, why screw that up to hopefully uh, improve left field? I think they're going to say the same thing they say when you're talking about moving Brandon Phillips to shortstop. Um, although, if you think about it, if Alonzo could be a player, if Alonzo could be a contributor, you know, by the end of this year or, or into 2011, how much sense would it make? We've got left field and shortstop holes to move Votto to left so that Alonzo can play first, if, you know, if he excels and, and can handle that job, and moving Phillips to short, and we've got Frazier to play second. Doesn't that fill up holes with some of our internal options? Yes, it does, but they yeah. are dead set against moving Brandon Phillips. And then again, I mean, and then let's also talk about the big jump in salary he's going to, you know, he's going to take at the end of this year. Uh, you know, now they're, they're getting rid of some salaries at the end of the year, but he's taking a, a, six, a 5 or $6 million jump, I think, at the end of the year. Yeah, that's that's the issue with Phillips, and if, if that's if the reason they didn't want to move him was because he's a Gold Glove second baseman, they think he'll have more value on the market as a uh, you know not by not moving him and, and taking the chance that he's going to flop at shortstop. Well, I guess I can I guess I can understand that. Um, 
We've talked about Francisco. I think Alonzo and Francisco are both going to be uh, dealt. And those are you know, two decent chips. Maybe you can get a, a piece back that will help the team. Uh, the last one on the list here, Mike Leake. I know that you're uh, you constantly, every year, how can you put people up the top of these prospect rankings when they've never thrown a pitch in the pros? And I agree with you, but I'm pretty excited about Leak's future nonetheless. What do you think? Well, I, I think he pitched very well in, you know, in the Arizona Fall League, and I think that's great. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does you know, this year. I think they'll probably start. I think to him they'll start at double-A. Um, and I think if he pitches well there, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him if, there, if there's a place for him to pitch. In Louisville, right. by you know, by the All Star break, um, I think you're going to be able to tell pretty quickly how fast the Reds think he can help the big club. I don't think he'll be at Double A long if they think he can he can help the team at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. I think he'll pitch most of the year Triple A if they believe he can mature that quickly. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I absolutely agree with that. It, it's a little premature to. Pencil him into the rotation in 2011 just yet, but uh, watch that guy. Watching that guy pitch, I'm just—he knows how to pitch. Uh, he's just as polished as a guy, any guy I've seen come out of college in a while. Uh, so um, I, I agree with you. I think they'll start him in Double A, and uh, and it'll right, be interesting to see what the Reds. Uh, I think what they do with him in the first uh, three months of the season, where they move him up, uh, whether he earns that promotion, it'll be a, a clue as to what the Reds think uh, they've got in him. Uh, certainly for the 2011 season. Number nine, we've touched on this, but could manager Dusty Baker's job be in jeopardy versus a slow starter prolonged slide or prolonged slide? I think we've actually kind of answered that. Uh, uh, I think we agree. He's if he don't make the playoffs, we think that if the Reds don't make the playoffs, that Dusty Baker's gone. You agree yeah, with that? And, and I and I even believe that if they're if they're way out of it at the All Star break or something like that, or if they're really in a in a prolonged slump. I wouldn't be surprised to see him let Baker go and, and somebody on the coaching staff take over for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think they'll be hesitant to make a move just because they're going to – he's under contract for the rest of the year anyway. Um, but I think that this is probably his swan swan song in Cincinnati short of actually making the playoffs. Uh, some people say if he, they have a winning record that he'll save his job, but that ignores the fact that he's um, he's not Walt Jockety's guy. He, was, he wasn't hired by Jockety and it's – once his contract expires, Jocky will have a chance to bring in his own guy. So, but they might. You might be right. Maybe they'll uh, if they're really struggling early. Maybe they'll maybe they'll make the move. But I can see it happening. Yeah, you skipped number eight. Do you realize that? Um, golly, you count me to get everything right. <laughs> um, all right, let's quit talking about Dusty Baker because I don't want to talk about him anymore. We'll go back to number eight. Maybe I'm trying to get this uh, podcast over with. I'm sick of talking to you. Did you ever think about that? I can't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible that the Reds are going to dump the contracts of the likes of Francisco Cordero, Aaron Harang, Bronson Arroyo, and others? Is that possible? Well, I think we've already talked about Brandon Phillips. I think he's possibly the most obvious one. Uh, I think it all depends on how the season's going. I think the Reds would, especially if, if the bullpen pitches as well as it did last year, I think the Reds would love to unload Francisco Cordero if they didn't have to pay a ton of his salary. And if somebody comes looking for Harangue or, or Haroyo, I don't believe they'd unload them both. Um, right. I, I think either one of them could go also. But I don't yeah. think he, any of that would happen until later in the year. Yeah, I don't see him trading both or Harangue and Arroyo, but would not be very surprised at all if uh, if one or the other were, were dealt. 
Um, Cordero, I love I love uh, Coco, but uh, you know, I think the Reds would. I think you're right. I think they'd deal him in a heartbeat. But I think we're going to have uh, Cordero for the rest of the year. I, I just I don't think there's going to be a market for him uh, out there. You know, uh, he's a really good closer. Uh, he's done a great job for the Reds. I don't have any issues with him. But uh, as much as he's being paid and uh, the way the economy is, etc., I'd be real surprised if they can find any takers for him. I believe if the Reds could find a taker, they'd deal him in a heartbeat, though. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of money still coming in that contract. I mean, he's got $12 million this year and $12 million next year. And I don't know, he's got some type of option for the for the 2012 yeah. season. Yeah. Out of all these big, club option for 2012 at $12 million. Out of all these big names we've been discussing, uh, who's the first one to get traded? What do you think? Brandon Phillips. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, and that's going to probably alarm a lot of people because Phillips got a lot of fans uh, out there, and he's fun to watch, and he smiles, and uh, uh, you know, likes to stand and watch his uh, doubles go off the wall, and, and he's good. Like and, that. and he's good with the reporters, and when you're good with the reporters, you get good press. When you get good press, you're popular with the fans. That's a fact. That's a fact. As Andre Dawson will attest, be nice to reporters, and you'll get in the Hall of Fame. Um, but <laughs> yeah, on. you're probably right. Moving I think. On. Uh, Moving on. That's right. Oh, yeah, that was last week's topic, wasn't it? Um, is 2010 the year the Reds will finally have a winning season? There's there's the the $25,000 question. No. Yeah, I think no. I think they're one or two players away from really – I think they're a slugging left fielder away from being, uh, you know, in the conversation at to where if things go well, they could compete. Um, but I just think it, it, the pitching should be pretty good. But the offense is not going to be improved enough to yeah, I mean, really. If everything broke right, I think it's possible, but I just don't see it. I, 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 we don't get that lucky in Cincinnati. Right, everything has to go right, and it's very rare that everything goes right. Yeah, but absolutely, you know, if they if they got one more bat in that lineup, uh, you know, I could almost uh, be convinced that they'd be there. But you know, we've got a a long time till 2011. They've got some time to see how some of these young kids pan out and. Uh, make other moves. They'll have some contracts coming off the off the books, and who knows? You know, they could shore up those. And I would expect 2011 Reds really have a chance to compete. But if you recall, this time last year we were saying, no, nah, the Reds aren't going to compete in 2009, but 2010 they should be about ready to compete. Well, here we are saying, you know, we're pushing that out again this year. But uh, I think you're right on that. Yeah, I, you know, uh, the thing that I would hope for is if they find, you know, if St. Louis, who, who is the prohibitive favorite in my opinion in the division. Uh, if they run off and hide, you know, and the Reds look like they're going to struggle to make, you know, to play 500 ball, I would hope that they'd get these kids up here and give them some playing time so that we can we can take a look and so we can be as good next year as we think we can be. Yeah, but they didn't do much of that last year uh, no, they when they were not. out of the race. So. Well, and again, you know, maybe that's when, when you see them make a move with the manager. You know, if, if that's what they want to do and, 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 and Baker – is not a kind of manager that wants to do that. They might say, "Well, we've already paid him. You know, we're going to have to pay him anyway. So let's get him out of here and bring somebody in here that can work with these kids." Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it'd be interesting to see. Lots of things. I've said that a hundred times. It'll be interesting to see. But there are a lot of different areas where, you know, if things break right. It could be a lot of fun for us. Um, I think some of the pieces are there. It's going to be up to to Jockety over the next uh, six, eight, twelve months to find the rest of the pieces of that jigsaw puzzle. But a lot of pieces are in place uh, in Cincinnati. So while this year may not be great, yeah, you know, there's always hope. 
Yeah, I, I think you know if if, if if you know you know if you could take a, a major league team and a triple A team and put them together, you know, and kind of mishmash them, you know, and play some. I think the Reds would be if you put the talent together on the Reds roster and the triple A roster. My guess is they've got as much talent as anybody in baseball. It's if, a lot of if it's you young. Understand what I'm trying to say. I you do. Know, there, there's a lot of undeveloped talent or talent that isn't major league ready at triple A, but it sure looks like. You know, there's some kids down there that are going to be able to play in, in, in soon. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of talent that could really help the team, but it's, uh, it's on the cusp but not quite ready yep. uh, for Cincinnati. So, all right, well, fun stuff. Uh, anything else you've got to add? Uh, play, let's see, minor league players report. I think it's March the 4th, was it, that Matt told me? He just got his letter the other day, and I think he said he reports March the 4th. I can't remember the date exactly. Well, everybody needs to be aware that we're going to hoping to schedule not only a Red Lake Nation sort of outing uh, for everyone at Great American Ballpark this year, but we'd like to get uh, together in Louisville, uh, if possible, for a uh, one of Matt Clinker's starts down there and, and see some of our uh, see you know uh, see him pitch. If not, uh, go see the that's a great stadium down there, and and who knows uh, maybe we were, we're talking uh, in the last little bit about trying to organize one for Lynchburg as well for some of our. Uh, Virginia-based Reds fans, and there, there are several, evidently. So um, everybody keep that in mind. We'll hopefully have some good times out at the ball yard this year uh, with some, some friends from Red Leg Nation. So, um, All right, well, Bill, thank you once again. It's been a pleasure. As always. Uh, so appreciate all you guys for uh, downloading and listening to us today. If you have any questions, you can send those to us, radio at redlegnation.com. Check out the RN Radio tab at the top of redlegnation.com. We've got all of our past episodes. You can download any of those. And also information on how to subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Also, uh, you know, follow us on uh, on Twitter and uh, and uh, become a fan of Red Leg Nation on Facebook. Uh, Bill's talking me into, uh, I'm slowly but surely coming over to the dark side of all this social media. But uh, our veteran leader, surprisingly, is the one that's pulling me in that direction. But uh, I'm just a big teenager at heart. Yeah, that's a fact. There's no question about that. Uh, and uh, and some of your thinking about baseball, frankly, is a little undeveloped as well. Um, and everything else. <laughs> sure. No, I'm sorry. He'll hammer about that when we go off the air. But uh, as for now, thanks again for listening to us. Um, really do appreciate that. And uh, for Bill Lack, this is Chad Dawson saying so long.